I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Good evening, TC, and welcome all to part 42 of our weekly podcast, The Current View, with the idol of Hillsborough, Mr. Terry Curran. Kind of week you have, mate. You ask me this every week, what kind of week have you have, <laughs> and it does not change, obviously. It does not change until things, until they find either uh, some medicine for this uh, coronavirus yeah. or this vaccine. And even that, it's all sending me around the twist now because you don't know who to believe with everything what's going off. So we just have to wait until everyone gets it all clear to get to get back to work and uh, let's get his life back together again. Absolutely. It's just a matter of waiting, isn't it? Yeah, I believe nothing that I read and I believe very little that I see. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah. You know, I mean, these people, these people are, you know, the elite educated, yeah. aren't they? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but you're getting one contradicting the other. I mean, Football, I understand. I understand football because it's <clears throat> it's tribalism, isn't it? Yeah. You know, uh, that's my team. So what, choose good, bad, or indifferent. Uh, they will defend it, or they will have a go at the players, or they'll have a go at the manager, they'll have a go at the board, or vice versa. Um, but when you get scientists, mm. I mean, their 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 job is obviously to uh, get it right for the country. Yeah. And when they're falling out, then. Um, it's another matter, isn't it? So, mm-hmm. and so the quicker we can get back to football, the better. And let them, let all of them get on with the, the work, what they were doing before, and then uh, we'll see what crops up again uh, within another couple of years' time. But again, that's the thing with science. I mean, just because one scientist says one thing, it doesn't mean that that's correct. You know, other scientists have different opinions, just like in football. And it's yeah. like, you know, it's like a doctor, a doctor will give a diagnosis or something. You'll have a second opinion and another, another doctor will say, no, I don't agree with that. That's that. So it doesn't matter what you talk about. There's always opinions from different people who have different Ideas, <laughs> ideas of it all, yeah. yeah and that, exactly. And that, that's it. That's it. Yeah. So, but we're, we're, while we're all in this uh, same scenario that we, you know, we're in a mm-hmm. lockdown, yeah, it's frustrating. Yes, um, we have to take uh, good advice, mm-hmm. but which, which is what is good advice? That's the this problem. Is it. We don't know. You know, yeah. I was watching two uh, physicians uh, yesterday because mm-hmm. I, I, I stroll I, I through the uh, YouTube's. You know, and the, the genuine people, and they're saying that um, there's they're being pressurised to put corona death to some people. What's not got it? So yeah. you don't know what to believe, and that's the problem with it all. No, we've we built these big hotel, big hotels, big hospitals. Excuse me, uh, one of them down the uh, the Nightingale down at uh, at the NEC. I don't think they've got one patient, and you know we've had twenty six thousand plus people die so far. I mean. You're right, some of it might not have been because of coronavirus. They might have 
got coronavirus, but didn't actually die of it, but but died with it. So we don't really know the correct figures of all deaths over the last couple of three months. Everything just seems to be put in one category, and and that's coronavirus. But virus, yeah. But when yeah, when yeah. you're looking at how many hospitals have been built, like that one in London, the Nightingale, the one in Birmingham, I think there's been other cities as well. And you think, well, there's twenty six thousand people that have died and have, and have got this whatever they've got. What were they expecting? And are they expecting much, much more to come in the future? Are they preparing for the second wave now? Well, I, I, like I say, I've told mm. the, uh, the 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 YouTubes and all and all these yeah. uh, things about this uh, coronavirus. Mm. Yet, not one, not one media has asked one serious question mm. of the labs in Wuhan. Yeah. Now, Fauci was obviously an educated man. Mm. Else he won't be in a job uh, that he's got. Yeah. He's been in that job for 32 years. Mm. How many pandemics have we had, or yeah. how many viruses have we had in that 32 mm. years? Yeah. We never used to get these viruses, you know. Mm. You know, all of a sudden we're getting all sorts of viruses. Yet no one has gone to the epicenter yeah. where it where it uh, started this. Mm. And this, look, forget blaming anybody. You know, that's what they should do. Gone to epicenter, found out what it is. What's causing it? Mm. How can we stop it? We're, we're, not, we're not about getting all the elite scientists together to try and help the world. Yeah. They've not done anything about that. No. They're wanting to blame this, that, and other. But the the, the main uh, point is Wuhan. You know, there's been money uh, uh, given by America to these mm. two main labs in Wuhan yep. uh, by Fauci, and nothing has been said about it. Mm. Nothing. I mean... Como, uh, the you know, uh, the New New York New York governor, yeah. he said he needed forty thousand beds, mm-hmm. nowhere near. Yeah. They built another hospital. Nobody, like you said, there's nobody using that. And the reason why I look at America mm-hmm. is whatever happens in America happens all the way around the world. Yep. And it does, you know. Yeah. But I mean, I I'm not bothered about America, but I watch that because you can get some good news as well as some bad news. And I'm not saying. One station's all all truth because you can't believe half from half of news uh, media outlets nowadays. Nah. But you, you you've got your own gut instinct about it. Mm. So I try and pick. Well, I don't try and pick. I pick the ones what I want to. But I do listen to the ones what are telling me lies because I want to see. You can yeah. see blatantly that they're telling lies. Yeah, the lips. You know, oh, nobody or nobody should want anyone to die, should they? No, not at all. No, no one. You know, any right person yeah. should not want anyone to no. die. But that regardless of what they say. And they throw it back on. They throw it back on the the op- opposition because if you say something, you're racist about any mortal thing. Mm. So you're telling me people. If you say something about the coronavirus, so you're telling me nobody's died of coronavirus. No, 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 no. I'm not telling anybody not died of coronavirus, mm. but they all haven't died of coronavirus. Regardless, yep. anybody tells me yep. that is not true. It's impossible, isn't it? Yeah, impossible. Impossible. You know, you can't sure. can't all die of the same thing and don't die of anything else that you've already died. Well, not you don't die twice, but, you know, people die and have been dying ever since they've been born. But it just seems at the moment everybody's dying of the same thing, which is well, just well, ludicrous. It's, a, it's crazy. It's mad. Is it? But is it to frighten people? And when you say something it's like that, so there you, then you go again. Like, there he goes again saying, mm. you know, but you're getting some. Doctors coming on and saying, yeah. "No, they've died of uh, heart failure, or they've died of other things." You yeah. know, 
Uh, now they're saying that uh, blood pressure is one of the main, co- uh, uh, not main causes, one of the main uh, problems you can die from yeah, uh, yeah. from this coronavirus yeah. because of uh, blood pressure. So, mm. look, it's anything and everything barring the right thing. And until we get proper data on it all, none of us will get to know what, what it is. No, I just think that when they're giving the daily figures of people dying at the, the, at the hospitals, then we've got people dying in care homes and 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 at home as well. I just think you know to get a bit of balance. I just think we should have said, well, this time last year, X amount of people were dying. So you know it really is up ten percent, twenty percent, fifty percent, whatever it is. Today we had X amount of people dying in these hospitals. Some have died of this, some have died of that, some have died of that, some have died of that. This disease is deadly. We need to get a virus, and you know we need to um, we need to we need to carry on. But 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 will we carry on? Who knows? I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't have an alien invasion on the back of this. <laughs> well, Some, that just, someone's that, going on. Someone's that, going that, on. That won't be. That won't uh, surprise me one little bit. I keep looking over these hills, TC, because I'm from my bedroom. I can see the Clent Hills. I'm almost <laughs> expecting to see like that big thing on Independence Day that comes over <laughs> and lands on this field, and all these aliens come over and kill us all and, and take over the planet. It's it's just bonkers. Eventually, we will get the truth. Whether whether. We're yeah, I wouldn't to hold your it, breath. You know, because it's like <laughs> anything else. Uh, mm. After 30, 40 years, uh, things get released. And they, yeah. they, they ask for things to be released, and then you yeah. find out, well, you can't believe this, can you? Well, but I don't believe nothing. You better, so, well, we'll believe what, when yeah. it all comes out, and that, and the right people will then uh, will be named and shamed. Whether they're, whether they're alive or not, at least, they'll get to the truth of it. And the quicker the quicker we could get to that, the better it is. But we're, it'll take over 30 years before we even get anywhere near finding out the truth. Oh, absolutely. I got quite close to the families that were involved in the Birmingham pub bombings, and I was told what went on. Now, whether that was the truth or not, I don't, I don't know. You're just told something, aren't you? And you're thinking, well, if that's the truth, I'm absolutely not surprised that it will never come out. It'll never see the light of day. And everything gets covered up. Hillsborough got covered up and that leads us on to our topic of the week safe standing looks as though it's going to be introduced at old trafford what's your thoughts of of safe standing and should we bring the terracing back well again you, you're going to get one half turning around it should be yeah. back i mean i think it's better because it creates better atmosphere yeah but i was at that Hillsborough game i was in the semi-final I, I, yeah, in the semi-final, right, I was okay. at that game, and uh, when the Liverpool fans, why they were giving Leppin Lane end, I will never know, because mm. it's a twice bigger club than Notts Forest. Yeah, and Forest, Forest got the uh, cop end, and when people are pushing like they were, and I mean pushing, with that fence being up, they had no chance. Yeah. nobody had no chance. Nobody had no chance whatsoever because people are trying to push it back, or the police are trying to push it back. The people are trying to get over over the fence, and people are pushing forward to get into ground, you know, semi-finals are cup, everybody wants to get in, everybody wants to see, everybody wants to watch it. Mm. So, uh, all this will be another problem that people will be saying, well, we, we shouldn't have standing. You know, what's right and what's wrong? What they shouldn't do is, is, is overflow the football stadiums. Yeah. There should be a capacity to whatever, there's going to be an health and safety to it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, because at the end of the day, is once they made it an all-seater stadium, it became more expensive for the general public. Yeah. 
the working class, and it, it probably did get, uh, it has got beyond the uh, corporate uh, hospitality football. So uh, I would like to see it come back, whether it's right, whether it's wrong. Uh, it's my opinion. You've asked me my opinion. And uh, and let it, let, let it uh, or let them make it cheaper for the working class people. Yep. But listen, the amount of money, I remember David Wheeler, ex-chairman of uh, Wigan, owner of uh, Wigan Athletics, saying, that they, they, you know, they could afford not to charge fans to come into football stadiums. So it just shows you how much cover up with everything, with anything uh, mm. in, in the world. So yes, I would like it to come back. Um, it's going to be interesting trouble to, to see it. But but when you say something like that, then it get, it makes you think because there were demonstrations all over the world. So it stopped. It started, and I mean started to happen big time, mm. and that's fallen away now. Is this another part of it where um, fans are going to be allowed to go and stand in football stadiums? You know, but at the end of the day, my honest opinion of it, it would be yes. But I mean, you'll get shout, you'll get shouted down for saying it. But uh, you've asked me, the, they've asked, you've asked me the question, and I'll give you my opinion, whether it's right or whether it's wrong. That's my opinion, and uh, I will stick by it. Yes, let's have it. Let's have. Uh, standing at least behind the goals again because it does create more atmosphere. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. I'd rip all them seats out, especially behind the goals and put the standing, um, put the terraces back. It was awful what happened at Hillsborough that day. Yes. Um, and it was awful that we did have a problem of, of hooligans and the fences were erected in the first place. But, you know... The ground was made unsafe pretty much because of, of the fences that were there, wasn't it? Yes. Because they had nowhere yes. to go. Today, we haven't got those fences around the ground. So so surely it would be a sensible solution to, well, to price in as well. But then again, if they did bring them terraces back in, would they drop the price of the tickets? I'm, I'm not so certain about that. Oh well, that's another. Yeah. That's another. That's another matter we could talk about. Yeah. But what I'm trying to say, they should, they should do that when it's the standing yep. uh, areas. But whether they do it, that's a, that's another matter for us to talk or another subject yeah. to talk about. You know, I mean, when you look at health and safety, I haven't got their education. Mm -hmm. But when you think about it, if you're in a if you're in a uh, a big stadium yep. and it caught on fire and all the doors were locked, how mm -hmm. do you get out? Yeah. And yeah. when you when you think about when you got you know, 50,000 people, what were in that day, mm. uh, trying to get in, or 40-odd thousand people trying to trying to get in, and then trying to get back out again when, when everything was happening like it was. There's no health and safety there. There's no mm. protection there at all. So it was horrendous, but it, I was, still would like to see uh, standing uh, come back into football. Yeah. In what capacity was you there that day, TC? Well, obviously, it's one of my my old teams or yeah. or uh, Forest. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a semi a semi final. Obviously, I was down that area. I got some tickets because uh, I wanted to watch the game. Yeah. Um, I'd come in through the Leppings Lane end, and uh, I, it would have ended because the people were shoving. Police are trying to push them away. They're trying to push the police. You know what it's like, don't yeah. you? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, I don't want to blame yeah. anyone in, in, in general because yeah. if if you blame the Liverpool fans, then you you know you bias to them and being thing. If you blame the police, you you bias to them. Yeah. It's it's something what shouldn't have happened. Mm. There's something what shouldn't have happened. I do not know who whoever, and I don't want to even blame him as such, but whoever give Liverpool 
the Lepping Lane end, when they yeah. had that many th fans. Yeah. Absolutely ludicrous. So the reason why I was there, obviously it was a semi-final uh, against one of my old, uh, my old teams. Uh, and I just obviously with a game I wanted to watch. Talking of one of your old teams as well, um, a grand old team, Everton. You've just recently done something for Everton TV. And you've done another little interview as, as well uh, regarding Everton Football Club, haven't you? I have. It's uh, a guy called Anthony. I obviously forget his surname. Yeah. Uh, and he's doing a book. Um, and he asked if he could give me a call on, on our webpage, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You Obviously, you passed his number on and uh, we got chatting away. And it was it was nice to have a little chat about uh, the, old, uh, the old times at Everton. And uh, how much you know they appreciated me when I when I was playing there. And they were they were saying because it was on about there used to be a gang of four of them. What used to go about there were only fifteen. Yeah. And you know uh, they were praising me what uh, when they used to go down at field thinking they were Terry Cubbon like. So yeah. things like that obviously make you feel proud. Um, but it's always nice that uh, people do recognise that I was still part of that team. Uh, what really. Uh, had a great uh, success. I mean, what did they win? They won about five or six trophies in five or six years, but four yeah. of those years, I, w I was there. Mm -hmm. So, um, obviously, before I went, they hadn't won for years. And a year after, I think they won, they, they won something in that year when I left. But after that, they've not won another thing since, have they? And I'm not saying that's down to me. I mean, yeah. they've lost good players. They've lost a good manager. In our Kendall, he went to, go to, to, to manage in... Um, Athletic elbow bow. Yeah. So um, he tried his he, he tried his uh, not long, he tried his uh, manager his managerial experience going to try it in another foreign country, which mm -hmm. you don't blame anyone for that. Um, but he, I mean, he was an Everton uh, through and through after he's uh, had all the great success there. I would so little things change and change people and change what happens to you at a football club. Um, and sometimes it does go round in uh, cycles, football. I mean, who would have thought Liverpool wouldn't have won a league title in 30 years? Yeah. And you know, it's nearly 20 years since Man United's won a title. It's mad, isn't it? Isn't it? I'm, I'm, I'm not sure when the last time United won it, but it has been um, some time ago. But it is incredible, isn't it, when you look at football? And, and I remember... Um, because sadly, um, Michael Robinson passed away yes, uh, this, yes. this week and I've been listening to lots of things on, on the radio and, and, and have looked at it over social media. And I was listening to Gary Gillespie uh, talking and, and it was 30 years the other day, the last time Liverpool actually won the league. And yeah. I forget who was interviewing him now. And, and he says, would you have your celebrations of Liverpool winning the league 30 years ago? And he just says, well, we won it that often in them days. You know, you wouldn't have thought that when we won that title 30 years ago, Liverpool would not win it again till, you know, this season. And if the season does restart, they'll they'll win the title. If it doesn't, they might still be given the title, but there will always be that, well, I know there are a lot of points clear and ordinarily they would have gone on and won the title. There's always going to be that nagging doubt, isn't oh, there? Well, obviously, you'll get the, you'll get yeah. the other top clubs will always say you won it on a technicality. Exactly. So and that'll, always, that'll always be the stigma of it. Mm. But if you'd, if you'd, if you'd say that uh, 
once they started to win Arsenal, Man United, yeah, and Liverpool when they were winning there. If you just said after four years, they had one, you'd, you'd laugh, wouldn't you? Because you'd think yeah, you would. they might win it every three years, all three of them. Yeah, you know, I mean, when what last time Arsenal won it? That again, you know, so that was some it, time again, ago, wasn't it? A long it, time so ago. When, when, when Wenger came and he built and he built the invincible team, yeah, you wouldn't just thought that. You know, Arsenal would not be winning a, a league title after one in every four years, would you? No, not you at all. You wouldn't think no. same with Liverpool or Man United, but mm. it's incredible. You know, and other teams have to catch up. Other teams have to. Uh, Get it right, and, and and some of them have, and so uh, and it, and it is nice sometimes to see the, the other teams uh, compete. And uh, I'm not one of these what want to see small teams uh, win for the sake of winning mm. to knock the you know the big big boys off the um, pedestal. I like to see good football, and whoever it is, if it's not your city, but win the league, playing good football. I'm like you, I'm right behind it because yeah. I, I like to see good football. Listen. I, I like my own team, Sheffield Wednesday, but the times when the, some of the football they play, I need, I want to scream and shout, but I don't because it's my team and mm. you back them and you you support them through thick and thin. But I've seen some matches and I think to myself, Jesus, where how do fans go every week to watch it to watch that type of football? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, we just have to get on with it, and we'll never we, we won't be successful until we get. It. A manager, what's what's good and knows what he's doing, and I don't mean that in a nasty way, mm. you know, because you can have every any football team in the world unless you get the right manager. And when you look at the when you look at the top coaches throughout the world, the Fergusons, I mean, they all turn around and say, "What coaching?" I'll tell you exactly what Ferguson does. Well, I, I can tell you what Cluffy did, and I can tell you what Howard Kendall did because I played with them, mm. and they both won the titles. Their hands-on coaching is every minute a day because they tell the coaches who they set on what sessions to put on. Yeah. It's not the coaches putting sessions on. Mm. They're putting a session on what that manager wants to put on. And now now where a coach comes good is whether he can put a good session on and people are enjoying it and not messing around. Or are they not the best coaches and the people are messing around uh, and things are not uh, coming off in that training session because mm. all all things like that happen. So yeah. they are good managers, and then when you take it, when you look at it the other way around, you know when you see managers like brain or coaches like brain kid, what was all oh, these kiddos the best things in sliced bread as a coach, and so Arthur at Blackburn taking over the best things in sliced bread, and you see these coaches, what's supposed to be top coaches, and I'm not saying they're not. Mm-hmm. As soon as they become managers. Yeah. They fail, hmm. you know, because you think to yourself is if they're that good at coaching, and I'm not saying they're not, but people, people what's work with them. So what a coach this is, what a coach this is. But are they saying it because they put them in the team or are they saying it uh, to, uh, to get other jobs with other clubs? They're not causing any trouble by saying when they leave that club or, uh, Gabby's a, a poor coach they always seem to say oh he's a good coach and then once they finish you hear the little trickles coming out we, I listen to Gerard and I listen to uh, Carragher they, they still don't criticise Benitez but they say his type of play mm. or the way he, you know he got him playing is more negative 
you know, because whenever they're not criticising, they're always going to get a job, aren't they? Yeah. And then some, the ones who criticise never get a job. This is the thing, the football family is a very small oh. family. And if you well, start upsetting Cluffy, people... That's why Cluffy never yeah. got the England job, Exactly. Cool. Yeah, it is, yeah. You start putting noses out of joints and you don't get the gigs. So what they tend to do these days is play the game, play each other, get the career. When the career's finished, do a book and then, then like, spill the beans in a book. Well, well, well you could imagine, can't you, the elite at uh, the FA? Yeah. They know nout about football. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. So, how can they tell me how to be a manager? Yeah. Is he going to get a job? Well, you, it's like the bet he's not. You it's know. like the blind leading the blind, isn't it? At times, yeah. when you look at them, and you, you know, you look at coaching. Well, it's all right going and you know being told how to coach, as long as the person telling you how to coach is a decent coach. It's, yeah. It's like anything. It's like you know you've got to keep practicing, practicing, practicing. But if you're practicing the wrong thing, you can practice all day long. You know, you've got to My have. Opinion. Sorry, go on. Go on. No, you've you've got you've got to have the. You know the the right kind of formula, the right ideals, the right philosophy, and the right attitude and an application. So you know, I always remember when I was on on a taxi rank and somebody would say, "You tell me, is a grand hotel very far from here?" I said, well, no, not really. <laughs> but it depends what way you start walking. I mean, if you start walking the opposite way, it's a bloody long way from way. here. But if you start walking the right way, no, it's a stone's throw. And I think that's in life as well. If you're doing the right things, you're going to get it right. But if you're doing the wrong things, you're going to keep getting it wrong. I've been on two coaching courses. Yeah. Uh, well, I've been on a few coaching courses once mm-hmm. I got a certain badges. But I, I, when I first went to get my badges, I couldn't believe what I was seeing and what I was watching. Everything was uh, switch play. But I said, you know, we all know to sw- we got to switch play to catch people, uh, you know, opposition uh, yeah. out of position. But you, it's everything was a thirty and forty yard crossfield pass. Mm. So you're giving the ball away. Yeah. And then the other part of it would be channel balls. Mm. You know, and then they would talk. They talk to you in the classroom. You know. Uh, you need as less touch as possible to get it into the opposition penalty area to get more shots at goal. And I used to think to myself, what are these on about? And I finished up. Just not. One day I thought, I'm not going, and then I never went back. Yeah. And then people said to me, some people kept pestering me every time I went to watch. I mean, my first coaching job really would have put Leeds United. Yeah. Right? And I used to watch some kids train, and they used to say to me, come, why don't you come and work for us? And I finished up doing it. And I finished up going on my coaching badges to get my coaching badges. And they said to me, look, just be quiet, get them. Uh, and then you can coach how you want. But it doesn't even work like that. It, it doesn't even work like that because they have a structure. And, and let me tell you, a structure is the right way to go down. Yeah. But my structure is to get the ball down and play. Yes, and occasionally it won't, it won't over the top. So, that you know, you, they're not uh, expecting you to tip it as some people call it, tippy-tappy football. Yeah. Sometimes you need to play a longer pass. Sometimes you need to play a longer ball. And sometimes you need to clear it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I get all that. But all we all we did in, 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 in on our coaching courses was the same thing. And then when you went off them, they went to coach like that and made it boring for players. Yep. You know, but then and then when you get in there, after you get your badges and say, right, some of them, I mean, Leeds were all right because I wanted to play play out from the back. But some of them, you know, 
They wanted uh, game management. Game management. Game had only been going to three minutes and talking about game management. <laughs> you know, I used to think to me, Sandy, you know, there's 97, well, 97, what was it, 90 minutes in there? 87 yeah. minutes to go in a game. You know, they'd, they'd be doing things in games, and I used to think to myself, uh, in coaching, that they give us programs to, to, to give to the young kids. Mm. What I mean, young kids, they should come into football clubs. Right, at five or six and seven, right? Because I'll tell you this, Gabby, you'll, you'll always get the exceptionally good kid what's yeah. way above anybody else, whether it's a, a woman, a young girl, or whatever sport she does, mm-hmm. or a young boy. I guarantee you, you'll, if you look at clips at Messi and Maradona as kids, they're way above anybody else. Yeah. Way above anybody else. But they're trying to teach people like to be uh, messy. But when they start dribbling, they're telling them to pass it. Yeah. For for me, the, these kids should come into football, and up to about twelve, just let them come in, let them play little games and five sides and little keep ball type of things. Mm. Let them enjoy it, right? And then once they get started twelve, start to uh, get them to understand the game yeah. itself, when and where. To make a run, when and where to pass, yeah. uh, making the right decision with your pass, but they don't—they're trying to teach these kids these kids drills. It, it, it takes ages for some of them to sink in, and yeah. that's no disrespectful because if you watch any foot, go to any football club and they'll all say he or she's the best player. Mm. Do you know in four years' time, five other kids have surpassed him? Yep, hundred percent. Mm. But when you get the exceptional player, they, you never pass them. Yeah, you know. But they're doing things with these kids. What they shouldn't be doing? Mm. They should be. So look, yeah, well, he looks a good player. Bye, 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 bye. Just let him go in and let him have a little game of football like we used to do when we were kids yep. in streets or on field. Mm. Let him enjoy themselves for an hour. See you tomorrow yep. or say it's Monday. We'll see you uh, Wednesday. And then we see you on Friday. Let them enjoy. Let them let them fathom it out themselves. Mm. You know, because when you when there's a gang, when say a gang, if you've got a, a group of players on a pitch, you you've got to learn to dribble out of tight areas. You'll learn when to pass it. Mm. And you know why you learn when to pass it? Because the other kid who's a bit jealous of you come and kick you. Yeah. <laughs> so it's that little things for me. What would help kids at football clubs at these young ages, but. You know, who am I? You know, I'm outnumbered. So, your only way I'd find out if I was if if, if I was successful at it uh, is to get a club. And until you get a club, but who, who would give me a job at my age at 65? Yeah. Well, I would if I bought a football club. But I, I but, I, but I tell you, I, 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 and anybody can talk a good game. Mm. Every football club I went to had success. Yeah. And I brought them more fans into the stadium. So. I know because I've got I believe in my own confidence. And Howard Kendall still did say when I left that football club I was one of the best signings he ever made. Yeah. Because I wanted the ball when anybody else didn't want it. Hmm. Five of the best TC players from your football club this week. Now when you say five are the best, so this proves that I don't research in it. I don't five, research five any of it. Five of your favourites. Sheffield Wednesday players. From any, any period. Any period. Any right, period because, that you've because, seen you know, your favourites. Uh, right. Well, I'm definitely going to put Peter Swan in it. Yep. I'm definitely going to put uh, 
Bronco Lane in it. Who was that? You want you want David uh, Lane, David Bronco Lane. Okay. He was uh, uh, They were the three what got uh, suspended at my club. Yeah, got yeah. That was the betting, right. wasn't it? That was the betting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, bet. The uh, the other one is from that round about that era was uh, my favourite of of all of them is uh, Jim McCallion. Yeah. Right. That's three. Chrissy Waddle is four. Yeah. And David Erse is five. Yeah. You know, but uh, I definitely would, I'd want to put John Sherrod in among all that. I'd want to put uh, Di Canio in among all that. And he we weren't there long enough because obviously if it had been there long enough, he'd have been still a great player. Mm-hmm. So, um, them to be five. And like I said, there's, oh, there's many more. Johnny Quinn, Johnny Phantom, oh, Brian Usher, uh, oh, Doncaster ball from Sheffield Wednesday. Little winger, what used to play, Willie Henderson, Tommy Craig. I could go on and on and on, you know. Peter Peter Rodriguez, Rodriguez, uh, Don Maxim, you know, Ron Springer. I could go on and on and on. You've had that some many? good players, haven't you, oh, over the years? Fantastic, and I mean fantastic football players, mm. you know. I like Roger Wilde. Fancied Roger Wilde. They used to call him Moscow at Sheffield Wednesday. Um, the thing about football is you've got to have a manager what believes in you. Yep. And Roger got plenty, plenty of uh, skill. He just never got the right club after Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. You know, and that's you know that's that's the problem with it all. You know, I could I could mention stacks of players for Sheffield Wednesday. Last time we had a good manager, and when I, I don't mean this uh, wrong to Jack Charlton, mm-hmm. would we? Um, the guy who went to Everton, I said, come on in, bloody hell. I don't even want you to tell me. Harry Catrick. Yeah. You know, uh, he, he just started to build a, a great team at Everton and he went and, he went to Everton and finished up put, building the right team for them. Because oh, who's, who's, to say, who's, who's to say he would have bought Alan Ball? Yeah. You know, who's to say he would have bought uh, Kendall from Preston? Yeah. You know, I'm not saying he would. You just don't know, do you? No, you don't. But I could go on and on. I mean, Derek Dooley, I never saw Derek Dooley play. You know, but I saw the the ones I've, you know, the ones I um, talked about, that's what I've seen play. I mean, my my, my favourite player for Sheffield Wednesday, like I said, is Jim McCallion. When I yeah. played against Jim McCallion for Nottingham Forest, yeah. against Southampton. You know, so, um, oh, I could go on and we, we, we players at Sheffield Wednesday. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, I like and admired, you know, but we've just never had that consistent consistency in the, in our teams. It is mad, though, isn't it? Because you're right. I mean, if Harry Catrick stayed and, and didn't go to Everton, because, you know, when you look at it as a neutral and, you know, working with you, I, I use that word loosely because we, we make podcasts together. It's the same as other, you know, you look at their clubs, Chelsea and Stoke and, and Arsenal, and like with you, with Sheffield Wednesday and Forest and Southampton. And, you know, if both of you two have played for some great clubs. And I, I look more at those clubs now. And, and recently with with the um, the, the Twitter sites that, that we've got, the um, Terry Curran underscore 11, Curran underscore Terry 11, the show at Curran View. And then with Facebook's Terry Curran, the official Terry Curran and the group and the page. And, you know, we've really re- recently 
connected with a lot of Evertonians. And so I've been focusing this week pretty much on, on Everton. And, you know, I bought the, the film Howard's Way some time ago and, and watched it. It's a fantastic film, not just for Evertonians, but for football fans in general. And you kind of get an insight to how massive a football club Everton is and how massive a football club Sheffield Wednesday is as well. They're both well, huge clubs, aren't they? Everton are in the top four in the country. Yeah, Regardless of what anybody massive. says, because what, what, Everton, what Everton have achieved over the years, right, is trophies. Yeah. Right? When I look at Sheffield Wednesday, and I can I, I can I can I can tell about what I can tell you about both of them, and I tell you about this, this is Sheffield Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday, the semi-finals were always played at Hillsborough mm-hmm. and yeah. Villa Park, majority yeah. of them. Yeah. Right. I mean that that, that that's a, a stadium, and they can say, well, it's middle of the country where from London, so they have to play half and half. Mm-hmm. But it were big stadiums. Yeah. And they, they could be filled. And I mean, we have won three. I mean, there was a competition here the other day. I oh, well, I tell you what it was. I watched a podcast and it was the cricketer uh, from Sheffield. Well, oh, it'll come to me. I can see his face now. Tell me. Anyway, he said they asked him a question. How many titles? I said the lad started laughing because I said three. And he, he, he said none. Yeah. And the lad started laughing because I thought I got it wrong. And he came up and it was three. Yeah. You know, they had won three titles. Now, what I'm trying to say is. I play for Notts Forest. Training facilities, rubbish. Derby, quite good. Sheffield Wednesday, quite good. You know, when I went to Everton, yeah. it opened my eyes. Mm. They've got a canteen, right? And when I say a canteen, a proper canteen, mm. where they, they will give you, they put your food out for what you, they wanted you to eat. Yeah. They've got a massive gym, full length of a football pitch. They've got a, a proper weight room. And I don't mean a small one, we will get 14, 15, 16 players into that room, mm. right? The training facilities, everything about him was first class, right? Sheffield Wednesday was good, but Everton was first class. Yeah. The difference between Sheffield Wednesday and Everton, they're both similar type of clubs. Mm. In fact, I bet Wednesday uh, will get a bigger support because obviously you've got Liverpool and Everton up there where you've got United and, and Wednesday here. Uh Wednesday, I would get a little bit better support, I would say, than what Everton. Mm. But Everton have always thought big. Yeah. They want to win yeah. the European Cup. They want to win a league title. Mm. I'm not saying Sheffield Wednesday don't want to. They expect to win. Yep. Sheffield Wednesday hope to win. Yeah. You know, uh, you know they've got uh, ice cold bass. They've got uh, sauna. They've got everything but Gabby. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. Mm. And when you think about it, I used, when, I, when I, forgot, I thought to myself, can you imagine training here, having all these facilities as a as an 18-year-old or a 20-year-old being at Nottingham Forest, mm-hmm. where I could go and do, you know, in winter, because nowadays it used to be freezing and we still went out, you know, but you'd be ice and snow. There, you could straight into the gym. Yeah. Right? And it weren't, it weren't like an uh, AstroTurf with, uh, like you have these hockey pitches. Mm. It was decent, decent stuff. Yeah. It was decent stuff. You could go in there and practice your left foot, right foot, your skills, everything else. You could go into the gym and build your body up. Mm-hmm. It had got everything. So Everton is no bigger than what Sheffield Wednesday is. Everton, that's the directors, the fans and the players, expect to win. Yeah. But Sheffield Wednesday, we dream about winning. 
we dream about it instead of saying, look, we are better than Everton, we are better than Liverpool, we are better than Man United, and we are going to get the best. You know, but until they get the right man, I mean, the last time they had a for me, and I like, like I say, I love Big Jack, and I'd run through a big wall for Jack. Didn't like the way I would play football, but I would do any mortal thing for Jack. Yeah. But the last time we had a top manager at Sheffield Wednesday, was Ron Atkinson. Yeah. We won a trophy under Ron Atkinson. Mm. The problem with Ron, right? <laughs> Once Aston Villa come calling for him, yeah. because he's a Villa fan. Exactly. Right? I don't think, well, I know I wouldn't have gone and played for any other football club unless it were a first division club, uh, me leaving Southampton. Yeah. It's only because it was Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. What drew me to it? Mm. It was a massive club. And, and I knew club. how big it was, and yep. my club, I was upset to you. Yeah. Other than that, I wouldn't have gone into third division. Mm. So until we get a manager again, what's like a Ferguson, a Clough? Uh, I mean, we've only got to look around for these up-and-coming managers, and you can tell, you can tell well they speak, you can tell the arrogance of them. And when I say arrogance, I don't mean arrogance that they don't want to talk to anybody, the, the arrogance to know they're going to win a football match, the arrogance they're going to uh, make those players believe they're going to win trophies. Until we get a manager what can do that, we will keep doing what we are doing. Now, there is speculation that if the Newcastle sale goes through, um, Mike Ashley may be interested in buying Sheffield Wednesday. Would that well, be good? Would that be bad? How would the Sheffield would, fans see, look at that? Well, you see, he's got a bad reputation. <coughs> now but has he done that bad? Yeah, but has he done that bad? We've, no. we've talked about this on podcasts before. If he was yeah. managing Birmingham, owning Birmingham, I'd have thought I'd have died and gone to heaven. Well, the, the thing about it, Gabby, uh, I don't think it would work because of what's happened with mm. people working at his... I mean, I think he's done all right for Newcastle. Yeah. I really do. Mm. I don't think he's done brilliant, but I think he's done okay. Mm. You know, uh, I think the... Have they been out at League... What Premier League once, but they came straight back up. Mm. You know, um, Clough, what Clough did with uh, Derby County, not Forest, was phenomenal. Yeah. So he's got Newcastle, yet he's still complaining. But he was still getting decent decent squads. Mm. What Clough did, uh, what Clough did, he made only players, great players. Yeah. I mean, when you get when you get fifty or thousand, what like they get, and fanatics like they are every yeah. week, you know, you've got to ignore the directors and and, and improve the players and, and try and get better players in. Mm. But now we've got to defend, we've got to be organised. I do know this. When they go on stats and facts, all these teams what defend, defend and um, get themselves organised. It's always them three at near bottom at leagues and the one. They never, they them, them teams ever ever win trophies, because mm. all they're thinking about is get to forty points. What a great idea that is as a as a player. Yeah. You because I'll tell you this. Don't think players don't because they do the same poor in this. You know, seasons ended by Christmas. We'll be out at cups, you know, and we either middle at table or we fight in relegation. Yep. You know, so and that, that's how people talk. Because that's not me. I hear other people say. It. Yep. You know, because I used to think, oh come on, we'll win the FA Cup. I know we're not going to win it because we're not good enough. But I used to say, come on, we're going to win it. Yeah. You know, but some of these managers are beat before the before the before they even step out there at three o'clock, or. 
eight o'clock, quarter to eight, whatever it is nowadays, on a Tuesday, on a Wednesday, on a Monday, Thursday, on Friday, whatever it is, whatever day it is nowadays, they are beat before, or their teams beat before they've even kicked off. Absolutely. And if they get if they get a result, they're happy with it. If they get a draw, thing, and then, but if they don't, they want to blame every Tom, Dick, and Abby because they haven't listened. They haven't listened to their tactics. So. It's not for me that type of football and it's not for me uh, playing for that type of manager. Behind the lens, TC, you um, alluded to Roger Wilde earlier, I think, being a non-Sheffield Wednesday supporter, but he's the guy in the picture with you when there's the two of you just chewing over something. What did you say to him? Well, what it, what it is, it, what we, we've got a corner. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, I'll tell you what it would have been. You take the near, I'll take the far, or vice versa. Yeah. Because uh, he's in front of me. I tell you, it would have been you spin off and I'll run towards the post. Yeah. You know. So just you know, if you, it's a free kick, a corner kick, that type of thing. You're just talking about which, what type of run, where, where he wants me to go, or what I, I, I what, what I would want him to go, or you know, that type of thing. That's all it is when you, when you, when you stood like that, you're whispering to each other and saying. I'll take the near. You go to the far. All right. No, you 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 take the near, uh, Roger, and I'll and, and I'll spin off. You know they might be expecting you go. Or we'll talk to some whoever's taking the a corner kick. We'll say, look, we'll make out as so we'll, you know, uh, the ball's going to be played to back, and we'll play we'll play one to the near post. So it's that type of thing. Yeah. People do talk about the scenarios, what happened in the game uh, from free kicks. Or dead ball scenarios. So that's what that's what that's all about. We're just talking about where where am I going to run or where he, or where Roger's going to go. Can you remember the game, the specific game of, of that photograph? Looking at it, I, I'm not sure if it was a balance the game. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I know uh, Roger weren't at um, when we played Barnsley. Barnsley. I'm not. I'm not sure if it was uh, when we played him in third division. I'm not sure, to be honest. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm looking at, what, 30 or 40 years ago now, aren't I? Yeah, absolutely. History Vault, we uh, we didn't do it last week. We got a lot on last week. Let's briefly indulge in, arguably, the greatest player that, that Britain's ever produced, and that's your hero, George Best. Oh, absolutely. He's, see, everything's about opinions. Yeah. Uh, is he the best player that I've ever seen. Yes, see, that's my, that's only my opinion. Yeah. But then you've got Cruyff, who I absolutely adore. I, I love Pelle. I love them all. Zidane, mm-hmm. uh, Messi, Maradona, Gaza, Jimmy Greaves, Udi, Curry. You know, I love all these types of players. Stan Bowles, you know, Garincha. Can you remember Garincha? bit before my time, but I've seen yeah. the YouTubes of it. I've Ooh. seen a programme about Garincha. Um, unbelievable talent. And many, oh. many people... Of a certain age in Brazil, perceived Garincha. Yeah, exactly, absolutely. Yeah. And in '62, Garincha yeah. pretty much won the World Cup on his own. Well, okay, he had the rest of the Brazil team with him, but he didn't have Pelly because Pelly didn't play in the '62. I think he played the yeah, first but... game, and the second game didn't play anymore. Got injured. Do you, do you know anything of him, that Garincha? He was like George Best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they called like... him. They called him the little bird. It <clears throat> was burden. And oh, God, was, oh, yeah. He uh, was drinking night before games and everything. He was an alcoholic. He was an alcoholic yeah. by the age of 10. Oh, um, he'd been, um, um, incredible Garincha. Yeah, absolutely. Rivellino, you know, so uh, all these people were my idols, but George Best, he'd got everything about him. I mean, when I when I, when I I look at all them, 
and they were great, great players. George Besser got that little bit more than what they got because yeah. what he got, he could pull a bird on top of it with that good looking. Yeah. So that's why I, I give him that. <laughs> <laughs> no you know, they were they were all got great balance. They'd all got. Uh, I mean, the ones today, Messi and Ronaldo's and all them, uh, and the other the other Brazilian Ronaldo, absolutely I adore. Yeah. But best and Grinchev and Pelis and uh, Croys were playing an absolutely shocking pitches compared to what they're playing on oh, today. Yeah. So. The two things what's helped them with pace wise, I guarantee, because none of the guys, anybody said none of them would beat me. Yeah. Oh, you've only got you've only got to put uh, Nottingham Forest and um, Southampton on, and there's a clip in there when I picked the ball up about ten yards from my own penalty box, and I set off running on a pitch like a quad maker. You'd had the snow on it. Yeah. Uh, three or four days before, they they only cleaned it off. Uh, a day before that because they had the Orsett Year show on it. Yeah. You know, show jumping on it. Mm -hmm. And I was running with the ball full belt. And if you watch it, you, you can see how fast I'm going. Yeah. But th so these teams, the, the two things what helps th these playing, they're not as tired because the training's nowhere near as what we had to do. Mm -hmm. Their training is better than what ours is. Yeah. Uh, they weren't going out drinking and eating the wrong food like we were. Mm. I can't say I was because I mean Coke. I didn't drink. Yeah. So, um, but the dietitian side of it is good. The pitchers side of it is good. Uh, but make no mistake, there were there were lots of players what were like lightning when I was playing, mm. and the ones I saw before that. But things like that for for best than them to play on a football field and get kicked up in air and having I mean, to pass on them football fields, yeah. you know, it's absolutely horrendous. And I mean horrendous. So he's my idol uh, as a kid. I'll always say he's the best player. That's my opinion. I, I don't get into arguments with people because if people said to me, "Cry for better," I say, "Absolutely loved him. Great player." You know. So that, that's my, that's my that, that's my favourite player of all time with George Best. Grincher, the little bird. Do you know what they called him, the little bird? Go on, no. He used to love shooting. He'd go, yeah, he'd go out with a gun, shooting, and he used to love to shoot wrens. And right. wren, I, did not, I, was, yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, wrens are little birds. That's what they, then that's why they called him the little bird, because he used to he used to love to go and shoot wrens. Yeah. I knew, I know, I know he, he, he was an alcoholic, and I know yeah. um, he was out birding, because obviously he was married, and they'd find him in a bar with a oh, bird and yeah. all that type of thing, like, you know. Hellraiser. The skills when you when you look at that, it's unreal, isn't it? Oh Absolutely yeah, he, he just beckons the fullback down, and yeah. and he just he, he puts it that foot, and he's there, and you, you know the, the, the defenders thinking, "Am I going to go or stay?" And he's gone bang, and he's gone past him. He's like, he'll, he'll stop the ball there, and you think, "Why didn't he tackle?" But it, he's dropping, he's fainting one way, fainting yeah. another. Yeah. <laughs> and and making, he does it. He did it the hardest way because. To try and beat someone from a standing still position. Oh yeah. I'm not saying it's not it's not impossible. Mm. But that's but, what he did time and time it, again. It, oh, unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. But I don't think Garincha thought about the game. He just played no. it as he would play it with his mates on on the beach in Brazil. You know, listening to the documentary um about him, it didn't seem to be the sharpest tool in the box. Yeah. But what a tool to have in your armoury when you're going out and playing football. And I was looking at uh, Bestie's goal the other week. 
because um, we're doing a bit of uh, stuff uh, another group um, and, and Twitter account Forever a Sounder for Seattle yeah. Sounders and it had come up that goal I think he was playing for Fort Lauderdale it might have Dale. been San Jose Earthquake unbelievable oh, he's just he's just took on about eight players in it and he's in and out and in and out and he's gone back and he's beaten and he's got bang picked that out the back of the net one of the greatest when goals you, of all time. When you, when you, without doubt, I mean, when you when you talk about Grincher and not yeah. being bright in the box, his, his brightness is football. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Listen, he, he got a football brain better than any other football manager. Oh, yeah, but, but it, time, didn't, I it was just natural because he just didn't think about nothing. He just, on the pitch, just done his own thing, which is yeah, the best exactly. way to play football. Exactly. You couldn't, then, co- then, you couldn't coach Grincher. He wasn't listening. Let <laughs> me tell you, you get... You get Players like him in your team, oh, you've got a chance of winning things. Hundred percent. We we never we've never played him. We we don't want to. I mean, play twenty odd games. I mean, Tony were lucky in the sense that he played twenty odd games. Yeah. Right. But the team should have been built around him. He should have been built around Stan Bowles. All these great players, he should have been built. Around. Did you want to build that? Build build it around him? No. Yeah. You know, they just wanted to criticise him. Mm. You know, uh, they're out drinking. All all other players were out drinking. There'd only be one. Out of group, what didn't go out, what stop in with wife. The rest of them were out drinking in their own little cliques, like you know. Yeah. So, Pelly used some to got away with well. it, and some don't, didn't get away with it. And I'll tell you this the players like Curry and Bowles were bigger than, were bigger than the manager. And yeah, I know, I've, I've seen it. I can see the managers do not like the managers did not like the fans liking the players more than them. Mm. And I'll tell you another little thing. Uh, I remember Jack saying, we, 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 I'm trying to think someone, he's not, we're not benching because the fans sing his name. They don't yeah. like it. So they, they mm. would, in, in our day, you'd only have one sub. Yeah. So they wouldn't put certain players on bench because mm. the fans would be chanting for him to go on to pitch yeah. and they didn't want to play him on. They wouldn't put him on. How bad's that? Yeah. Oh, it's incredible, but that's the way that, that managers are at football clubs. I mean, Uday going back to, to Pele, Chelsea played. Um, not, I think it was 1970. They went over to uh, Jamaica. Yeah, Jamaica, and they played Santos. And John John Barnes was a ball boy there, there that day. And um, Uddy said they were drinking. I think there was Tommy Baldwin, Alan Hudson, and uh, Johnny Boyle, and they were in a bar in Jamaica drinking. I don't know, two, three o'clock in the morning. Who should come walking in with a bird on his arm and a drink Pele? And he was just talking to him for ages about football. And he's like, absolutely. I mean, what he said, Sexton wouldn't have signed him, wouldn't have signed him because he liked to drink. And yeah. and that was the thing. It was, you know, it was part of the culture. And I've never seen anything wrong with that. As long as you produce on a football pitch, I wouldn't give him two hoots what a player does in his spare time, just what you do on a football pitch. Why do you want to pick up an argument with, with, with a player for? You want him to perform for you. It's incredible, isn't it? You know, so I, know. I don't know. But, you know, the other thing about that, the manager does not want to let that player go neither to somebody else to be successful. Yeah. You know, they, they, they would want them out of way, sell them abroad. They never they yeah. never want that player to succeed somewhere else. Now, that manager doesn't want him or like him. Mm-hmm. But he does not want him to play in and in and around other teams in this country. They want him away from the, or out of the country, oh, absolutely. out of the way. Absolutely. Um, random question, TC. What's your most treasured possession from your playing days? And that's on the back of Jack Grealish 
um, putting his shirt up when he played against Birmingham City and scored that goal. So he's put it up for auction to raise money for the NHS. So well done, Super Jack, for that. I never, I never thought about things. When I was gave, when people asked me for things, I used to give it away. Yeah. Uh, I, my cup final shirt for Southampton, number eleven shirt. I gave it to uh, some charity in Sheffield. They used to have a, a big charity on the radio uh, every year. I think, it, well, I did. It fetched £1,800. Yeah. So I've never got anything what I cherished. But the most important thing was, uh, Gabby, mm-hmm. when when I came off the pitch at Wembley, yeah. we'd lost. Uh, I never felt down. But I always said to myself, next time I come back here, I'm going to win. Mm-hmm. And with a bit of luck, I was with Everton because I got injured, so I never, I never played or never, I was never on the bench because I was, I was out injured, so I missed the cup final and we won. Yeah. But after that cup final, we used to get, we got a medal and a tankard. Yeah. And when I, I walked in and then, I think a minute or thirty seconds, whatever, Bolly uh, came behind me as I sat down, come and sat down because he, he, he got changed near me, and he went here. Yeah. And it was a piece of Wembley turf. Yeah. So put it in your uh, tanker. He said, and then put it in your garden because you might never play back here again. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the I had that, uh, and I put it in my garden at Eastleigh in South in uh, Southampton. Well, near Southampton. Yeah. Um, and then when I came to play for Sheffield Wednesday, I took I took it out. Uh, and put it in my well I'm saying I put it together uh, the person I had a gardener then uh, a, a very good friend of mine uh, Glenn Ness his dad used to do my garden yeah. down Wheatshaw Lane and uh, I gave it him to put into my garden I don't well I don't know if it's been re-turfed or nothing but the house up on Wheatshaw Lane uh, had some Wembley turfing so that's what I treasured but obviously I couldn't um, I couldn't um, keep it because when I left when I left there uh, I went to move to an house in Sheffield I completely forgot all about it then yeah and that was my most treasured thing I would say uh, from football strange type of treasure when you think about it isn't it a fantastic piece you know, of treasure though, but, isn't it? but, 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 but a great you know a great piece of tre- uh, treasure and also that's that's what uh, I, I don't know if anybody else had done it Probably uh, not many footballers. A load of Scottish supporters would have, TC. Yeah. Well, I wonder, I, I never asked Bolly, but because when he did that, I, then when I think about it now, I wonder if he ever took a piece of Wembley turf. Yeah, I would say. Because he said to me, he said to me, put it in your garden. When I think about it now, yeah. and I often think about it because we had some great times together. Uh, and they were only, we were only there as a short time with him. Yeah. But, uh, we always kept in touch. Um, more than any other footballer, we kept in touch. Mm. I mean, he came over to Sheffield. I went over to Blackpool. So there weren't there weren't uh, times where we 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 didn't speak to each other for for years. We always kept in touch, and we'd always see each other at least at least from once a week mm. to, to to once a month. You know what I mean? So uh, when he went back, obviously back to uh, Portsmouth and that type of thing, uh, it became. Uh, harder for me to go and visit but I did go down and you know but we always spoke on the phone always yeah. Jock watch how's the young man doing because you've uh, you've took him out training this week um, we don't know whether it's going to resume it may it may not it might not be till September and a new season starts but how's the lad's fitness he's filling out a bit and how's things going with uh, with Jock I, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased with him I know how he feels because I know when I was fit 
you're bouncing about, bouncing about, and bouncing about. He is absolutely teasing Thomas somewhat rotten. Is he out of bed yet? Well, he get, he, Thomas gets up at one o'clock when I'm taking him down into the field, well, before one o'clock, about half past twelve. Hang on, Dan, I'm coming down with you. But Thomas then uh, dancing around and trying to box him, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, the thing is, Jock 19 and six foot three. Thomas is uh, nearly, well, 27 uh, and about five foot eight, five yeah. foot six. <laughs> and and it, it frustrates him because he, <laughs> he's such a big lad, he's jockey. Like I say, he's filling out now. Yeah. <laughs> but he's that fit. He's dying. You can see he's dying to play football. Yeah, he's dying to play football. Uh, will it get back? To, I just don't know. But I mean, mm. the the Dutch have cancelled early. Yeah, and the French. The French have yeah, but there's there's more to the French thing that the. It looks as though the French might be uh, might be reversing or turning the uh, decision making right. um, I will listen to the video uh, talk spot with Jim White and Natalie Sawyer mm-hmm. and um, and there was on about the uh, there were again the French kid what played uh, what is it, the French kid he plays for Leon who's played a couple of teams forget his name now but play for the he's the captain and he said oh I can't talk to you now because he was supposed to go on but he sent him a message I can't do it because we've got a meeting uh, but I will get. I will come back to you within the next couple of days with more information. All right. Information about it. So uh, there the, the was on about it. The, the, the French might be t- trying to overturn it because it's the the minister what stopped it or something, isn't it? I'm not sure. To be fair, it yeah. was announced. Yeah. I haven't listened too much to that much radio recently. But it, it, it looks as though the Bundesliga is going to start within a couple of weeks. And I think that's the league that they're looking at and seeing how successful it is. I mean, I looked at Matt Letizia's uh, Twitter account the other day and he reckoned that they're going to be doing social distancing from corners. Well, Birmingham City defenders have perfected that art for generations and sterilised balls as well. So I don't know. I don't know Hang on a bit. Hang on a bit. <laughs> social distancing. Once they go back in, surely they've got to be tested. Uh, you, you, you would think, right. yes, so definitely. If, you, if, you're tested, yeah. if you're going to be social distancing on a football, forget it. Exactly, it's crazy, isn't it? How can forget you do it. that? Right now, if Man United about put fifteen hundred people into the stadium, yeah, you know, so that's a bit different. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you can do that in a football ground, but with players. Now, let me tell you, I'm going to talk about something here. What some people might not want to. To listen to spitting, yeah, right. I played football for 12 years, I had to finish early at 30. Mm-hmm. Anyone what goes for a run, you get sla- slaver in your mouth, yeah. sla- slaver in your mouth. You've got two options with that you either swallow it or you spit it out. Mm-hmm. Now, you spit it out because you don't want to swallow it, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Now, can it cause you any problem? I'm not saying it can, but just some of this coronavirus type of thing. Could that cause you a problem by swallowing it instead of giving it out? Now, people have always spat, but you can't help it, Gabby. You yeah. cannot help it. You'll mm-hmm. go for a run tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you will get slapped and you, you'll either spit it out or swallow it. I've always spat it out. Yeah. But if that's the only two options you've got. Mm-hmm. You know what the option is, there? Well, you can't get an handkerchief out and just spit it on that, can you? No, well, you're playing not a football, football pitch. I know. Yeah. But apparently, spitting is going to be banned if they restart yeah. it. So, again, another situation. 
I just think there's so many situations that if they do start, I mean, how often are they going to test the footballers? Are the players going to be safe? It only needs one player to come down with it and, and then, God forbid, it pass away. I have, wish, I, I have, listened, I have I listened to two big experts today. Yeah. I'm one about powerful people, mm-hmm. right? And they were saying the most vulnerable are the elderly. Yep. The reason why they don't want people to go into pubs and clubs and things like that and mix like that type of thing is because the younger generation, anything under younger than 50, mm. don't have a problem with it. Yeah. And he said, one of them said that the kids, nobody's died of a coronavirus in America as a young kid. Mm. Right? Uh, they're still trying to work out why it doesn't affect them. Yeah. Right? So what they were saying is, old under 50, it doesn't affect. Mm. So people like me at 65, it's going to affect. Yes, I know, yeah. Right? So if it's not going to affect them, mm. and really what he's saying is that they, they could go back to work and they could do things. Yeah. The, problem, the reason why they don't want them to do it because of the parents. And if the parents are over... 50 or 55 56 then it can cause them a problem yeah they do not have a problem with it Mm. they do with this coronavirus and these big experts right what's giving it just you know straight the beanie army and it it, it, uh what's his name is uh patrick bet davis is a iranian who does uh interviews and he gets the right right top people on as well as mafias and that type of person and you can tell when they're telling you the truth and he was saying these two specialists scientists were saying uh and one of them obviously is, is with the viruses and your genes of the body and he was saying the younger generation it does not affect one little bit because mm-hmm. you've antibodies fight it off the only problem they they've got they can have it in the system but it doesn't affect them yeah it will affect the older, the their parent, the older, if the ones who got older parents, it will affect them. So, so why, you know, if you're going to have social distancing on the football field, listen, it's like, it'd be like watching Benny Hill. Exactly. Yeah. Going back to Birmingham City. <laughs> Honestly, it may, it may be like watching Benny Hill. Once that's that, I yeah. mean, you'll get some, like you just said about Birmingham, you'll get some advice <laughs> turn now and say, well, we don't have to worry about that because it's social distancing. Well, listen, when the player, is, is, well, how, how, how managers want to uh, defend from corners, free kicks, etc. I mean, that um, social, well, what was it, was it social marking, not social marking, come on. When the, zonal. Zonal, zonal marking. Yeah, zonal. I mean, why you why you don't go for man for man marking? I find it yeah, incredible because there's more there's more goals conceded from zonal marking yeah. than there is <coughs> excuse me than there is man man marking. I guarantee you that, mm-hmm. right? So if they're gonna play, if you if they if they're gonna do that, what you just said, Gabby, and then I'm not having a go at you. Whatever, you might as well not play. No. You just might as well not forget it, forget it because yeah. that's not that's not gonna be football. That 
No, I just think they're going to see what happens in the Bundesliga and I think then they'll make their decision because they've got till the 25th of May to um, put a, a plan together for FIFA to see what's going to go on in this country. I'll tell you what's going to go off though, TC, now our yeah, podcast. Over. because over. yeah, well, if, you, <laughs> if you listen to it, she went a bit early today. She went a bit <laughs> early. So it was on during the, the podcast, but we've got no... Um, no games, no football to forecast. It's 11, uh, 13, 11 to you. Each week, it's either you or me that picks the music. This week, it's down to you, TC. So what have you got for us to go out tonight with? Uh, I'm going to pick one of uh, Verbs. The Verb, yep. Okay, what one? Um... Come on, come into my head, Gabby. I'm getting, I'm getting too old for this now. I think we should have Lucky Man because I think we've done Bittersweet Symphony before. Go on, then we'll have the Lucky Man. Lucky Man, right. okay. And let's right. hope that everybody, uh, everybody's out a little bit more lucky the next couple of weeks and things can get back to normality, whatever normality is these days. I don't think anybody knows. But love to you and yours, TC. Thanks for your time. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We're up to about 2,000 listens each week. So thanks, guys, for doing that. Your support is very, very much appreciated. Just just before we finish on this coronavirus, yeah. Tesco's near me. Yeah. Sometimes when I go down there, the queues, these five, these five lines of queues yeah. with 40, 50, 600 people in them. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you go into Tesco's and then you've got to go up a line. Yeah. You can't go, you know, you've got to go up and then back down. Yeah. And then when you come in out, you've got to queue out again. Yeah. I'm not going to say where I'm, go- where I'm going to, but I go to another, uh, another supermarket now. You can walk in. There's no queuing. You can go up and down any aisle. Blimey. Uh, and I'm not going to say because if to say if I turned around and said where it where it was, and this is true, Gabby. This yeah. is a fact on my deathbed. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can go in, no problem. Nobody's standing away from you. You, you when you go in Tesco's, is out. There's some of them will stand away from you. You look. I said to one of them, I ain't got no. There's no problem. There's no wrong with me, love. You know, uh, whether it's right, whether it's wrong me saying that, but you know, you get sick of people standing away from you sometimes. Mm. Uh, so I go in there, this shop. And you're in, you're out, there's no queuing, nothing. Now, there's people working. Yes, some people have got to work. Yeah. But there's people working, people mixing, right? And nothing, uh, nobody's worried about any of them. Mm. But everybody else seems to be worried about it. And I'm not saying don't be before people start going on. But what I'm saying, I found a supermarket where I can go in and come out without having to queue. It's, I, I, and I, I said to myself, I find this strangeness. Yeah. But I'm not going to say, I'm not going to mention it because whatever they're doing it, I'm happy because I'm in, I'm out. I'm not standing about waiting for an hour uh, to to get into Tesco's and get out of it again. But everybody have a good weekend. Let's hope it's, uh, we're back all on his feet soon. Um, Love to you and your missus. Well, love to you, missus and and kids. And uh, let's keep us cheered up and let's keep uh, smiling. Absolutely, TC. Okay, see you next week. Till next time, pal. I'll wait till you phone me next week. (laughs) And enjoy yourself. Bye-bye. Cheers, TC. Thank you all. Bye for now.
How many times do I 